And we are live. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the episodic discussion podcast of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. We will be talking about the newly released remaster and seeing what we think about it in the original game as well. So I'm Renegade Operative and I like to introduce my panel. First, we have Suge. Suge, can you hear me? I actually have my mic muted. Uh, what is up? <laughs> I'm back again for another podcast, so let's see how this one goes. I love Final Fantasy uh, Crisis Core, so yeah, can't wait to get into this discussion today. All right, next we have Justin. Activating combat mode. I knew that was going to be sad because they, dude, they say that every five seconds, it makes me <laughs> want to bash my head in. Conflict resolved. Uh, <laughs> but how's it going, Justin? How, how are you? Doing good. So many damn RPGs on my backlog again. No, well, this is one of them, apparently, for me at least. Yep. Next up, we have Andalusian. How's it going? Can't wait to get into this. And last but not least, we have a new guest. So, love, introduce yourself. Hello. So, this is my first time, but I played Crisis Core back in the PSP days. So, I'm old school like that. Um, so, I'm definitely. Really excited to talk about it, people who played it back then, and then also if they played it more the recent version. Awesome. So we're going to get into it with the first question. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so when is it when you first heard of Crisis Core? What compelled you to pick up this title or give it a try? Explain your curiosity for picking this one up, and I will say, excuse me, the first one that we have to talk about this is Justin. What's your first experience with Crisis Core? Oh, uh, like as in hearing of it or actually playing it? Because actually just uh, how you first got invested into it and what made you pick it up. The same for the remaster as well. Like what made you sort of want to go back with the new features and everything? So my first time actually seeing the game proper was actually on a Twitch stream. And that's where I learned that it was actually a prequel to Final Fantasy 7 because I actually already knew about the character Zack prior to knowing about Crisis Core because of Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh my fucking god, of course. And I looked at I looked at the stream and I wonder what am I even seeing? Like why why is he stopping like every five seconds? Why come this one announcer keeps talking about combat mode? Is this a simulation or something? Are we doing VR missions? <laughs> that I step into Metal Gear all of a sudden. And I knew it was a PSP title, but unfortunately this was around the time where the PSP sort of dipped and prices of games sort of shot up a bit and I didn't really have a very stable income at the time, so I kind of had to just leave it be for YouTube and Twitch and all that shit. And then later down the road here we are with this remaster on modern consoles and that's when i felt like i should definitely play it more proper especially since it looked like it was actually using the 7 remake engine just now with the modifications that crisis core had when that came out and much to much to its benefit it definitely shows it <laughs> i like the way that it went i Glad I actually decided to play it, play it, and actually see the story for myself, because what the actual fuck? So you're done with this, Justin? 
Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my whole experience with from then and now with uh, picking up Crisis Core. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, this is. I think I got introduced into the game originally when my friend had it on PSP and he was saying, you know, this game is pretty awesome. You should definitely check it out or whatever. And I think I did. I'm not sure if they did. They have a demo of Crisis Core because I swear if they did, I probably did play it or whatever. I I, I forget, but uh, I know I played it through some means, either through him or through him acknowledging it. And that's how I got my hands on the game. And I thought it was fun. Now playing the remaster, the first thing I wanted was the enhancements, just like everybody else. That's the reason I bought it. So when they said the combat's gonna be more seamless, uh, free flow and of course uh, they're going to update the visuals and make it all look modern I had to get my hands on it uh, I, I think I found out through that stream where they were showing all Final Fantasy content that's when they were showing uh, this remaster they were showing this that rebirth everything so it was like a giant news dump that day and that's how I found out about it as soon as I found out came out I bought it and I'm loving it on PC. I think it's a very fantastic game. Uh, definitely, of course, it is a sign of its handheld times, but that's quite fine because uh, someone said, you know, it's better to play it in bursts, which is what I've been doing. And that's been like a more enjoyable experience for me. So it's overall a well-polished, nice addition. And the stuff that they fixed, which we're going to get into later, was uh, definitely interesting, in my opinion. It makes the game feel a lot more modernized so Lucian, it is your turn okay so how i originally found out about it is uh i started with final fantasy 7 remake and then i got into the original and then i figured out there was a prequel which was obviously crisis core and i'm like i need to play this so uh i emulated it because there was like no other way to do so and then I uh, finished that, figured out they were going to remaster it, and I definitely had to get that. And I like I like the addition of like the added voice lines and everything. Just everything about it is just much, much different. And I honestly really like Crisis Core. And that would be about it. Shug, it is your turn. Tell us what you feel about this. Ah, well, uh, I'll tell you this. Almost every year, I always think about playing the game at the time. And so that's that's how pretty much how good it was to me all those years ago. So the, I think the first time I ever heard about it, or I guess at the time, I don't remember if it came out at the same time or the same year, but whenever the uh, Advent Children movie for Final Fantasy VII came out, you know, it's it's the aftermath of the original game and all that kind of stuff, and then... I kept seeing this this black-haired dude, and I was like, who the hell is this dude, and all this kind of stuff. And then I don't know where the new game comes out, which was Crisis Core. And so I ended up just copying it. Uh, that was many years ago at this point, and uh, I enjoyed it. I think it was something that it was new, you know? I, at the time, I never had played a Final Fantasy game by myself or owned one myself. So it was very, very interesting at the beginning to to play it. And then uh, whenever it got announced that it was getting a remaster, 
I already have like a PSP and the uh, Crisis Core game on a cart to buy this shit. And like a day or two later, it just pops up and it's like, hey, we're doing a remaster of this and we're announcing this part two of seven remake. And I was like, oh, well, thank you, Final Fantasy gods. I can save myself like $400 and replay this game. And playing it again as a remaster was even better. I loved it even more, especially the fact that, you know, it's a bit more uh, smooth with the combat. It still has the annoying activating combat mode, but I, at this point, it was like, it's part of the game. I'm used to it. It doesn't really bother me too much. And I know how to avoid combat, so I didn't really encounter it too much. And I just loved it, you know? So it was a, it was a fun experience and a good uh, a good thing to play again after all these years, you know? Love, what about you? So I first played Final Fantasy VII, and then afterwards I did watch Avid and Children, which timeline-wise, in Japan it was in 2005, and then Crisis Core Seven came out in 2007, if I remember correctly, but that's the Japanese version, this is not UK or whatever. So um, even though some people may disagree with me, uh, I guess the curiosity came because it's a prequel, and I love Sephiroth. Like, to this day, I will stand by that man. Like, he can do no harm in my eyes. Um, so it was pretty... And then with Zack, he's very ambiguous. Like, you know a little bit about him, especially in 7 when you play the original, that you get to, you know, with Cloud, you don't know. He's like, am I Zack? Am I Cloud? So I was very curious about that. And then when the remake I hear about, of course, I'm like, oh my god, I have to play this. Because I played it in a PSP version. When I was living in New York at the subway, I remember ordering from GameStop because you would get the Shinra little um, case holder for the game. So when I would take the subway, I would just be playing on my PSP. So when the remake came, I was like, yes, I can see full screen now. I don't have to be the broke college student that can't afford the cables to connect to their TV to put uh, to play on their PSP. So that's what really caught my interest in the game. Awesome. So we're going to move on to the next question since we're done with this one. Uh, this one is a common controversy that has been cropping up with the voice acting. So with the remaster, there was this issue that people had about the newest voice actor for Zack. They felt it was subpar and it wasn't up to snuff with the work that Rick Gomez did, which is the previous voice actor for Zack. As far as I know, they don't have an option to switch back to the old voice track. It is what it is. But of course, if you have it on PC, you can obviously mod it in. After hearing the original and the remastered dub, tell us your final verdict on it. First, we'll go with Ender Lucian. Okay, so uh, I played the original and I thought Rick Gomez was perfect, which he is. And then uh, once once I heard the uh, remaster and played it, honestly, hearing Caleb, I mean, he's not the best when it comes to being Zach. It's not he's a bad voice actor, but I mean, some some lines are good. Other lines, I think, just need improvement. But yet again, it's like Crisis Core from 2007, so the writing and everything is pretty old. The wording was sometimes changed but yeah that's my thoughts on it i mean it, it just is what it is i have the same sentiments I, I feel like there's lines that he says that are actually 
fine for what it is that they growed on me and then there's other lines where it's like i can clearly tell the original was just fit for it it was it was a bit better but it's not a deal breaker to me because this is exactly why i bought it on pc i'm like well if i want to change around the files and mod that in if it ever annoys me then i could do it and experience it yet again with the old voice acting with the updated gameplay and it's not really a problem easy problems have easy solutions so that's why i i got it on pc because i was like okay i could just fix this anytime i want i haven't yet and i'm just like sort of bearing through it but it's not really the worst thing in the world and if you don't like it then i would say you could either get it on pc or just go to the japanese dub because i did see that option there when i started a new game and that's what that's that's how i feel about it it's it's easy to fix but it, it, he's he's okay for the most part that, that's what i feel about the new actor so suge what about you how do you feel about this new guy Honestly, to me, I I never actually figured it out that it was two different people. <laughs> um, again, it was like a 2007, 2008 game, so I hadn't touched it since then. So, um, uh, I didn't really see all the outrage of oh they changed his voice and all this, and the, and then I actually started watching like video comparisons and all this kind of stuff. I'm sure it's kind of like eh, but honestly, either they wouldn't get the dude that did it firsthand, or he didn't want to do it, you know. So I think at this point, it was like a thing that they just grab somebody that could kind of do it and be like, "Here you go, dude. Here's some money. Do this." And it's like, okay, you know, if you're a person that by the time you're playing the game, you're still complaining about it, why the hell did you buy it? And so, um. I got used to him by the first time skip in all honesty, like after watching the comparisons and stuff. So it's like, I I don't really care how much of his voice changed. Cause again, it's just at this point, a fairly minor character at the time. So I, it's like, it shouldn't really be too much of a thing to complain about, I guess. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with, uh, if they do more of him or not, but yeah, like I, I it's, I'm like, it's whatever to me, honestly. Yeah, I, I want to make a small note, though. I I think it's also due to the fact that they already recasted, like, uh, a good bulk of people in uh, 7 Remake. And, of course, you know, big news, uh, certain someone reappears in there. So I, I think they're trying to sort of match that up with the new voice actors in order to go back and say hey let's see what they can do and and go from there it's it's just one of those things that happen in the business where people get replaced like there, there's people still saying they want um resident evil 4 original leon back to do his voice and it's like he's been long replaced since like i don't know since 2012 so it, it just is what it is and it, it's one of those things that happen but you know it's not a big deal Love, what do you think about this? So I'm like shook where I didn't even know, because again, I played it back when it originally came out. And so for me, try to remember how the voice was unless I YouTube it. And even when I watch videos of it, I always prefer the subtitles. So I'll hear in Japanese and see subtitles, even with anime. So I, it wasn't a big shock it, to me, as long as it wasn't like, a teenage like a guy going to puberty his voice like eh, cracking like it it wouldn't have bothered me you know so i didn't see a big difference on it i think what it is in general 
with dub, I've always had more of a lower expectations. Like it's not going to be as amazing as Japanese, like the original. And that just goes for video games and anime. So, I mean, I didn't, it, it didn't make me be like, oh, let me just trash this game and throw out the window here. So I'm still enjoying it. All right, Justin, it is your turn. I'm, I mean, I don't really mind the new voice. I think he does like perfectly fine as the role of Zach, you know, uh, some lines notwithstanding, of course, but then again, like previously mentioned, part of that is definitely on the script. Like, I think he does just fine. Like, but, like he, obviously uh, part of me will sort of be more used to, to Rick just because I heard him a lot more compared to this new one. But again, I don't think he's terrible. I, people are sort of blowing out of proportion in all honesty, in all honesty going all crazy it's like yes the yes of course the fucking character is recast it's kind of what happens a lot here outside of japan guys it's more a matter of how they actually do the performance than anything else all right last but not least i think that i think everyone has went uh okay so off the voice acting topic we're gonna move on to the next question how do you feel about the general combat in crisis core Bonus points if you played the original and the remaster. What did you think of the improvements? If there were any made so far in your mind, Suge, I want you to go first. Oh, caught me off guard here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like I said, I played the original many years ago and never touched it until they did the remaster. So, like, I don't remember it exactly how the original combat was, but I do remember it being very iffy. In in all honesty, especially with the uh, with the DMW, whatever it's called. So, like, I think if I'm not mistaken, at the time it would activate automatically, and like every time it would, you know, do like a triple seven or whatever the Sephiroth or Angeal. So, I'm pretty sure if it was if it was still like that, I think I would have not enjoyed it as much as I did in terms of the combat. Um, sure, again, the you know the the robot always saying activating combat mode is a, a big part of people's annoyance, but I, I think at this point they just left it to annoy people. And uh, whenever they did the uh, the remaster, I actually halfway expected it to be the type of combat that uh, Seven Remake has, like exactly to the you know to a point. So whenever they kind of left it the same in some ways and just let the free the the, the free combat kind of deal with how remake does it, I was like, oh, this is you know this is freaking amazing. I loved it, and it was it was it was once again fun. The magic was fun as hell too. So I think I think it was a very good improvement of how they did it compared to the how it was originally. Instead of having to you know one hit wait one hit wait kind of deal. So um. And I think a lot of people prefer that over uh, <laughs> over waiting in turn base. So yeah, I think it was a, a very good improvement, a very good change for the game itself, and I think it gave it a new life. Love, it's your turn. So if I remember correctly, I don't think the PSP had it where you can lower the boss's damage to you, like a hundred, seventy-five, fifty, twenty-five percent. It's Back then in games, like you just brace for impact with the enemy. So I think that's kind of cool. But it, again, if you're doing the missions and you're not leveled up, like you can hit so much and it's like 100% and it's like a KO right there. 
but I think it's good for people um, so that we don't give up and it doesn't end up being like Elden Rings kind of thing where you're always just constantly dying. People are just like, ah, I, I hate this boss and this mission and they just like trash it right then and there. So I think like that, but overall, like again, to me, I, it didn't seem too different. I just know also I think you have it where you can be more if you want to be on the offense or defense or a little bit in between, which then reminds me very Kingdom Heart-ish, you know, when they tell you in the beginning, like, How, what, do, what do you feel like your character is? And you're like, I feel like if I make the wrong choice, this will bite me in the ass. But <laughs> but it's good that you can change it up later because I love the fact that now in this current one, I can, you know, change the material because, they'll you know, you have the option where they'll best suit for offense or defense or a little bit of both. But if you want, you can mix it up to the material or whatever you want. So like that. I'm gonna give my opinion real quick. It's it's great. I I, I played the original and I played this new remaster. So uh, one of the things I noticed immediately from the original is that the combat seems to have it, they definitely improved it because the first thing they did was it, it's not command based anymore for doing attacks. It felt really. I don't know if the word I want to use is sluggish. Well, in in this time, if, if we look at the original game and put it into a standard of 2023, then yes, that gameplay feels very repetitive and sluggish versus what they did here, where they tried to add combos and, and make it a little bit more freeform and uh, do a lot more with the commands where it's not disorienting. They have certain windows where you can do magic and it's not all mapped to the same sort of scheme and it's easier to run around and control the camera uh, because obviously the original was on PSP so you didn't have like two analogs, stuff like that. Uh, the quality of life is very nice and it makes the game a lot more intuitive to play. Uh, that's not saying that the original is bad, it's just it is what it is when you compare it to modern times uh i like the gameplay it's it's more of again if you really like that style of like uh, seven remake light then that's what you're getting here with this game in terms of like how they handle it as well as putting their own twists on systems and core mechanics and materia matching uh that thing is to be sort of appreciated because it adds some strategy to the game whereas you know it's it's not like bare bones or it's not like also hard to figure out because there are some final fantasy games where they try to put in some systems like junction and i swear to god i just could not stand it uh so i i i enjoyed this game for what it was and the improvements from original to well from remaster to original is something worth playing and experiencing yourself. Now I'm going to move the torch to Enderlution. Okay, so when it comes to the original, it was... For its time, it was probably really good, but when it comes to aging, it it wasn't too good because uh, you had the attack prompt. You, you couldn't, like, attack and use materia at the same time. You'd have to attack and then switch to using Materia. And then there was also the uh, DMW. Those would automatically, uh, the attacks, summons, all that, they would automatically be used. You can like storm up and then you couldn't skip them either. You had to watch like every single cutscene. When it comes to the uh, remaster though, with Reunion, 
like combat and everything's changed you can i i don't think it was a thing in the uh original but you can link materia with like a like a bun combination with like l1 and then square and all that stuff i don't think that was a thing in the uh original but then they also added i don't remember the buster sword proficiency in the original i could be wrong though but i don't remember that and i really like that addition justin it is your turn if you haven't went already you can definitely see a huge difference side by side from the original to the remaster it's like night and day just looking at it and hell even playing it it's so much smoother now just basic attacking and everything them using the seven remake basis easily helped it a whole bunch and Later in the game, when Zack is promoted to first, I do like how they incentivize you to actually do certain things in order to get some bonuses, like how taking no damage gets you some, like all your um, gets you like a quarter of like your HP, MP, and AP back, or finishing it off with magic or a limit or all that other crap. I do like the incentivization and how it rewards you for going out of your way to use these things properly. And as much as I'd like to go into the DMW, that is another question here, so we'll definitely save our thoughts for that. But I will at least shortly say, interesting. But I do like how the remaster heavily streamlined everything about this combat system, because, again, like previously said, the original wasn't terrible, but it definitely has shown its age over time. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's it's not it's not bad, but we've we've clearly advanced, which is why I'm glad they took the basis of seven remake into account for the gameplay. Now we're moving on to the next question. This is about mostly the digital mind system where you get random buffs or limit breaks with each encounter randomly. What do you think about this? First, I'll go with Shook. So, as as many of us that did play the original, you know, we, we find the issue of not being able to skip anything or having to activate it on your own. So, it was amazing the fact that I could activate this myself and not having to wait a good 30 seconds for everything to finish off. So, um, I liked how they, you know, they actually gave you the, the, uh, the option to, to, uh, Activate it yourself and whatnot. You can and just hold it off or let it reset again. Um, I think it's probably one of like a a good thing that that they put in the game. I think like personally, I I like it. Uh, it kind of helps the combat a little bit, especially with the uh, with the summons. Like you're not stuck to one specific summon the whole time, and maybe only do it once per combat. So um, uh. I like I like it whenever you use it for the for the uh, for the abilities. I know I know there was probably some issues with it by some people that probably never played the original and whatnot. But uh, I think it was a very enjoyable uh, system at the time, and like even now, I still enjoyed how it works. And it was uh, very interesting to see the abilities you could actually get from different characters. So it was always fun to see how those work. Love, it's your turn. What do you think of the digital mind wave? 
So I, I did like it, I especially because it, it is different. You don't, I mean, I play also 14 as well, Final Fantasy 14, huge about. Um, but I also played 7 and 8. So definitely when I played on 8 and this one too with both remakes, I love the, again, like you said, you love the graphics at first. You love seeing the, the summons, GFs, gods, however you want to call them, and you think it's cool. But when you play like 10 hours of the game, it gets kind of old, right? And so you kind of like, I already know what Bahamut's going to do. I already know what Ifrit's going to do. I want to see that. So it's cool that you can cut it. Um, I feel iffy because I, I do like the fact I can control it. But there's been times where I play Crisis Core and it's like healing break and your character's about to die. You're like, just do it for me. Don't let me die. And I, like mission end. Do you want to restart? Do you want to look at how you're set up? And you're like, are you trying to call me a bitch here? Like, you're like, oh, <laughs> like if this was, if this was the PSP version, uh, I would have had healing win and like this, I would have been done with this mission. But you feel like kind of like a bitch when they tell you, especially like, do you want to restart from the beginning? Do you want to look how you're set up? So... It's, I mean, you can choose, right? I mean, when it's automatic, when you really need it and you need that healing break from Eric to when you're having that really big boss mission fight there, it really helps on the automatic versus you trying to, like, quickly button mash. Like, I just need this. Don't let me die. So, but either way, it was fine with me. I do like it. I think it's cool. It's different. Because, um, again, 7, 8, it's not like that. 14 is definitely not like that. So, Thank God 14 doesn't have the DMW system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially as a healer, it'd be like limit break three all the time. The oh. you say limit break three, you're like, it's not me, it's doing it on its own. Oh yeah, popping that during the raid's already a smart enough idea when you're not even at sixty percent yet. Why do it now, right? Well, I play as a white mage, so I mean, yeah, like limit break three is one of those uh, you have to save towards the end there. Oh damn straight. Well, Justin, since you elaborated, you want to talk more about the DMW? Yeah, I I think it, uh, despite it being super just RNG based, I do think it's a very interesting concept because a lot of battles as a result can feel very different compared to most RPGs where you run into a random encounter and then it just feels still, even though that there's still the same problem with that, just because you have a freaking robot in your head, just in your dreams telling you about combat mode activating and the conflict resolving like every two minutes, I would say. And then again, and then again, but when you, get, when it, hits those numbers and you get like the really good ones like you get like a summon or you get um uh, what's uh Cisne's move that 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 shit cuz it it utterly just breaks like the freaking DMW slot machine in your favor even like a while after battle that buff fucking stays and i remember one mission where i got that like two three different times and it did not go off of Heavenly for a freaking while. I can tell you that right now. It's like, what is this crap? If I'm going to be this good at a freaking like Final Fantasy slot machine, why can't I go play the freaking lottery? Come on. <laughs> and I will say, I mean, hey, thank goodness for the remaster adding the ability to skip the like little move cutscenes. But I do like a lot of those and some of them can get so over the top it's ridiculous like the like the worry freak for freaking a song just like hell well i'm inside a building why is there a helicopter here and why is he sending missiles where did you even come from my dude like what is this 
And don't even get me started the amount of times I got rush assault at the beginning. I prove your honor to me. Oh, Zach just became JoJo. I well, I one little tip that I'm sort of odded out about is the way the game uses it to handle experience points. Because you know, I'm sure y'all notice that you can't even see your experience points. You just better hope to hell that you get triple sevens and then just level up right then and there. Yeah, I, I I didn't like that either. I would prefer to know when I'm going to rank up as opposed to saying, oh, you got a lucky slot. You finally went up to the next level. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, that is my, my big tiff about the DMW system, really. Other than that, I don't think it's awful. Not at all. If, it's, again, it's a very novel concept. And thankfully, it was also very much refined in the remaster of being able to store some of the moves that you get. Instead of just being forced to use the move right then and there. I like it when RPGs actually allow you to save your big moves for when you really freaking need to. Instead of just, well, you're stuck, buddy. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Ender Lucian, did you go on this or no? Uh, no, not yet. Good. Uh, when it comes to the DMW, I honestly really like it sometimes. Because it's... It's basically an RNG limit break system, but sometimes you can get really unlucky. And it kind of sucks, especially up with the uh, leveling up and such. But I also like the enhancements where you can you can use as much MP as you want, AP as you want for like a limited amount of time. That's really cool. I'm glad that they're skippable in the uh, re reunion because you cannot uh, skip the... Uh, summons and such and i also like the uh additional like toneberry the mog the chocobo i i also like those additions to the dmw i thought those were really really cool i don't have much to say on it personally myself other than the fact that it seems like from what they fixed from the original it's a little bit more tolerated just the thing that I don't like is not knowing exactly when Zach is going to hit that upgrade like me and Justin talked about. But it, at the same time, it's at least now if you don't want to sit through a giant summon of Ifrit beating the holy shit out of someone uh, 5,000 times, you can skip it. And of course, I, I just love that if you do get that random hit of something really good, you can steamroll through the entire encounter, which is, it, it just makes you feel randomly powerful. And I, I, I appreciate the endearment of it in this game. It really works for the system they're trying to introduce. I don't know how I would feel if they put this in like other games. I, I think I'd be a little bit frustrated if somehow they pulled it off with this mechanic. Uh, so I give them props for that one. We're going to move on to the next question, and it's basically a story question. How do you feel about the core story and characters in Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII? And first, I'm going to start off with Love. How do you feel about this? So, I, I mean, I did enjoy the story because, again, in, when I play Final Fantasy VII and you know, when I watch uh, Avid and Children, you know, again, Zach's background his connection to everybody is a little bit ambiguous you get a little bit of it but with this one you go in knowing what's going to happen to him right and especially the last boss battle which i haven't i haven't finished it in ps5 because i'm not 
like I told people, I'm not emotionally, mentally, physically, everything ready to see that scene again. Because you, in, in your mind, you're like, no, Zach's going to live. But, you know, when he's starting to die and then the roulette's like, like start going slower and slower and he's losing his memory like it's just it gets to me even right now when i was playing um five you start doing the little easter eggs like you forget that zach was the one who bought Aerith the her pink bow or helped also name with the bar that tifa works at like little things like that they drop in you're like oh yeah and so i like how they connected to it so i definitely like the storyline again you go in knowing your character's ending and you're just like oh my god he's gonna live this time you know but i i enjoyed it it gave me a teary eye whenever i see him and Eric together because i'm like oh you two if only you know your end right there but that's okay shug how do you feel about this i love the story um <laughs> I like at the time like you know at the original time if you didn't really know who the hell Zach was, this game actually kind of tells you everything you needed to know. And so um, it, was a, it was a really good story, and I, I always enjoyed it. I think probably Angeal is probably one of my favorite characters next to Sephiroth, in all honesty. I, I really do like Angeal's character. And so whenever you actually had to fight him and actually finish him off, that, that, that mission and that part is the one that normally gets to me, at least. And of course, you know, the ending where he's losing all his memories and all the, the DMV going down and or the DMW or whatever, going, you know, going through every single character that he has met throughout the story and I just randomly forgetting them. So um, I really do think that the game did their story well in terms of like if to fill gaps, at least for some people that at the time didn't really know who he was or what happened before seven especially after watching the uh, Advent, uh, Advent Children movie. So I think it's a good story, good game, and I just enjoyed it. Justin, how about you? Uh, yes, the, the adventures of Mr. Zack there, whom you already know is what's going to happen to him. I did. I, I, I liked for what it was. It's, He's so optimistic at first, and but when he starts going through everything, he just starts to question a lot of different things. It's it kind of hits really hard. I feel with some people because then they start to just wonder: is like, is any of this worth it? Is what I'm doing right here? Like, even someone with his smile and optimism just goes through a freaking metric fuck ton and he, he, him still being himself like in the, like sort of like the second half of the game despite all that in some ways is crazy to think about especially like when he's talking to cloud it's amazing to see those two interact and just see how despite everything zach is still a very wholesome and honorific character like you, you can't really hate him too much for everything and honestly all of, ah, genesis with its goddamn quoting of loveless again and again i don't know why but i just i just like it when a villain is more than just i'm an asshole to be an asshole it does want to murder him <laughs> well yeah genesis is an asshole but there's a big reason he's an asshole and he's a lot more almost like i don't for lack of a better word prolific Again, there's there's all there's a method to the madness. There's a reason to everything. 
especially when you really think about the message of what he's quoting. And for a lead up into Final Fantasy VII, uh, still pretty good. I, even though I already, we already knew what was going to happen from the end, it's, it's just one of those stories. You know the ending, but you still power through anyway. And, and by the end of it, you're you're still you're still hit in the gut by by the end of it all, especially because they really, oh, I, I God, the the way the remaster handles that last battle too. I will just say, Jesus. <laughs> I know you're talking about the soldiers I, I, all over yeah, the place. I yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think they could freaking one up the amount of just hopelessness. But thanks to the thanks to the like the revamped combat system, oh, they they found a way. Ender Lucian, it is your turn. How do you feel about the story and characters? Crisis Core. So, being a f- huge fan of Final Fantasy VII as a whole, I was really excited to get into Crisis Core because just learning about Zack, who he was, because I was really confused when it came to Seven Remake. I'm like, who's this guy? Well, he's one of my favorite characters now, that's for sure. But yeah, when it comes to Zack, just learning his story, his uh, his relationship with Aerith. Just everything about him going from second to first soldier. Holy smokes. And then also seeing the uh, Nibelheim incident in Crisis Core again. One of the biggest things in Final Fantasy VII with Sephiroth and such. And then uh, you knowing what happens to him. It's just really, really bad. It, Really sad, really sad. And then uh, you come across Vincent, which I'm really excited about, but you can't see him, sadly. Really, yeah, it's really good story. I loved it. My response pretty much uh, is short, but it echoes what has been said. The story is that emotional change of uh, of how stuff occurs in Zack's life and how he sort of has to deal with it. And then the final conclusion of it being hopeless because we know he, he has to die to progress the story and progress Cloud's journey, which is of course another gut punch as to why we see Cloud right there at the end, uh, just like the original. And it's sad when he holds him and I'm like, this is fucking, this is sad, man. God damn it, dude. So they they did an excellent job at trying to capture all of that and 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 just the characters that show up. You got Sephiroth still doing his thing, knowing that he's gonna be an asshole later on, and 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 you got Genesis knowing that he's an asshole for a purpose, and Engil, which I mean he's cool, like just but to see him go down like this tragic path is very heartbreaking so i i think they did a great job with tragedy in the story and showing how it progresses people changes them but also some people can also not change and be optimistic for the future which is what zach was before he died and i i really liked the story i i, I liked it a lot I, I thought it was good i thought it was entertaining all the characters it's just the the characterization and seeing that plucky attitude of the main character is something that you kind of 
pay the price of admission and then you start to think well since this is a prequel maybe i i like the character more now and i have more context than i did with the original all right so we're gonna move on to the next one who was your favorite boss fight in crisis core final fantasy 7 justin we'll start with you Um, that's a bit of a tough one to go back and think for the boss fights. I will say a uh, big one, a big one for me at least. I will say was, uh, oh, the fight was Sephiroth towards the end of the game. That was insane because you're facing you're facing against the big man himself, one of the most famous like antagonists in all of gaming. In a freaking one-on-one bloodfest over here, both in the first phase where it's just a normal one, but then the second phase where you actually have to be smart about what you do and how you also play defensively, considering that you literally cannot be too reckless because he'll just keep he'll keep smacking your ass around and actually cause you to fall down and lose the fight. Now, while it may seem like it's a very out of fucking nowhere mechanic and i can i can see that part of the argument too but i say that what it does is that it helps you to go away from mashing square or whatever it is on the controller you use so much depending on your console mm-hmm. and you actually had to think about what you do how you guard what you what spells you use like or what like uh, other tactics you use like you got to be real quick, and you got to quick think quick on your feet, or else you're actually going to go over a pit, or your your HP is going to go down to zero. Ender Lucian, it's your turn. What do you think about the boss battles? What's your favorite? I gotta also agree with Sephiroth, especially since it's like right after the Nibelheim incident. And honestly, Sephiroth is really cool. It's- and uh, I, I really like the fight. I, I would have said maybe Angio, but I don't know. Just that one took me like 45 minutes to complete on hard mode. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Shook, I got I to gotta hear your opinion on this. On what? Boss. Boss battles. Favorites. So. <laughs> you spent 45 minutes on Angio, don't lie. No, actually, he's probably the easiest <laughs> boss to beat. Um, so, the Angeo boss fight is my favorite. I'm going to be honest. Yes, the Sephiroth one kicked my ass. I'm not going to lie. I, I had to restart it at least three times, if I'm not mistaken. But I think I think the type of emotion that the Angeo boss fight kind of brought to Zack, you know, in terms of, you know, you're fighting your teacher, you're basically, you know, you had to finish him off because he's basically lost his way. So, um, just that one in general, I think is character development wise, is probably one of the better fights. But if you're going to go with Iconic and the fact that he will kick your ass 90% of the time, Sephiroth. I think Sephiroth's fight is good. It's very, it gets you, it, it, it just gets you, you know, and they do put a lot of pressure on you, especially in the part where you had to, you know, fight him off and not fall off this ledge. So I'm, I, I kind of don't like it towards the end because it's mainly just cloud finishing him off anyways. But um, I think it's probably, you know, probably one of the better fights. Yes. But I think for how 
the story was and how Zack mentally might have uh, might be at the time it was the Angel fight. I think that Angel fight really took a toll on him. And uh, fighting Genesis was annoying, but again, he was probably the, the, the easiest one to beat. Those two bosses were pretty easy. Sephiroth was the only one that actually complicated things. Sure, you had Bahamut and everything, but I don't really count those as the main bosses, you know. So, um, I think I think that all three of them, they're iconic in some way, but I think Sephiroth still kind of just pulls everything away and it remains the top in terms of anything Final Fantasy at this point. So, yeah. I think all bosses are pretty good, but I think that Sephiroth one is the best. Love, it's your turn. Uh, so for me, actually, I like the Genesis, and I actually, like, if I could buy Loveless on Amazon, I would read it. I'm an English major, so I, I loved him coding everything. I know some people probably like, ugh. I was like, but I liked it, especially in everything. I, I think especially with him, I had to do a lot more, I guess, mechanics. So not only dodging, but making sure Insuna cure two versus, like, with Sephiroth, don't get me wrong, like, when you're talking about the ledge, you have to also do it. But I didn't have to find myself having to make sure to dodge, cure. That was more... I guess for me, my fight with Genesis reminded me more of 14. And since I play 14 a lot, I like that. With Van Gill, it, per it pulls like on your heartstrings, man, because like they stated, and like you're you're going against your teacher, you're going against the the man who showed you way, the one who actually had the original Buster Sword that now you inherit, that eventually Cloud inherits, you know. So I I think it depending on what you like, you can go with either boss on there. But overall, for me, it's Genesis. He started everything. If it wasn't for Genesis and Gil and have turn, I don't know if Sephiroth ever found the truth and had gone crazy in some meter, which, again, he can do no wrong in my eyes, so I totally support that decision. So, for me, it's Genesis. Uh, Sephiroth will fight in the popo in the background? Oh, okay. <laughs> Listen, when COVID hit and people were price gouging and and, you know, people are, are fearing to leave their home and they're willing to pay $40 for clocks, right? Wipes, you know. I'm like, okay, where's Sephiroth? And I need him to summer meteor right now. Like, his way is the right way right now. Like, I get it. Oh, that's too funny. I'm, I'm just going to echo what everyone has said. Well, I, I might have to stick with Angeal because it's that... That whole story and everything behind it, and, and it feels emotionally resonance uh, with teacher versus student. Uh, you have Zach wondering why and, and, and not really wanting to do it and wanting to discover uh, his teacher and have things go back to the way they used to. But it's too far gone. It's too late. He's done uh, some things in his eyes that you can't come back from. Therefore, that fight. And, and I, I already kind of had it pegged out because i saw that there was the buster sword right there i'm like he's gonna get that eventually and then it's gonna be passed down to cloud so there's no other alternative you have to go through this moment and i thought that was really really powerful really well done um as for the rest i don't know I, I, I'm, I'm weird i guess so i, I already know like there's certain things that i like that i would count as bosses like some of the summons where they're kind of awesome to go up against and see what they do differently. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty amazing, but in terms of emotion and just drawing you into a boss fight, that means something relevant to the story. I have to go with Angel. All right, this is the final question. 
overall where would you rank this game in terms of final fantasy 7 spinoffs or final fantasy in general did you like it well at least for seven did you like it did you dislike it etc state your case and the first person i'm gonna go with is shook all right so y'all can probably yell at me all you want but i, I have not played that many final fantasy games i've played maybe at least five five of them probably so i think and on a personal like opinion kind of deal, I would rank it as my second favorite in terms of Final Fantasies that I played. And I think, um, I think it's a good game. You know, some people might not find it because you know you they'll they'll have like all these other ones to compare to. But I only have a, fa- a handful that I've played, so I can't really compare them to too much. So um, I w- I would give it like a good second place in terms of how. It was the first Final Fantasy that I actually beat by myself, and I first one that I played, and I really enjoyed it at the time. So I think it still holds a, a good place in my heart to this day. So I, I I think it's one of my one of the better spinoffs and one of the, like my favorite ones to that they've made so far. So yeah, love. What about you? I I love this. Like I, even if you played, even if the remake never happened and only the PSP version was the only version that came out, I think it's great. I think it gives a great background story. You get to find out about more about it. Like if, if especially if you're really huge fanatic of seven, because every time you talk about Final Fantasy, of course the number one tends to be seven, right? Which is a great game. It's not, but I didn't think eight was too bad to come out afterwards. Especially the graphic. I like fourteen. I played thirteen. 16's coming out, which reminds me very 14-ish, but that's another day for another podcast there. But I'm I one mean, of those where if... Yeah, I, I, we can have like a separate side chat about that. Even like the main character, I'm like, bro, just added a scar there. But anyway, but I, I really think if you really like 7 and you've played the remake of 7, why haven't you played Crisis Core? That, it just, to me, just goes hand to hand. It's like peanut butter and jelly, you know, or like bread with peanut butter, like anything, like it just goes hand to hand. So I really think if you're a huge Final Fantasy VII fan, as quote, quote people say, and you haven't played Crisis Core, then you're really not, in my opinion. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. Um, I know I sound like Trump. It's great. Try to wishes they had this. Like, I know, like, that's how I sound like, but I, I really like this game. What about you, Inferno? Uh, after the, after uh, Crisis Core Reunion, I would definitely say it is very much up there. The original was one thing, but the remaster heavily breathed some new life into not not just like the game as a whole, like the story, the gameplay, everything. So in an age where we have seven remake and how good that is, I feel like if, again, like I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna echo some more. If you enjoy 7 Remake, I personally feel like you would enjoy Crisis Core Reunion. I would say definitely play both. Crisis Core Reunion, it's it's mainly, to me, like, it's a 7 Remake that you can play. Please play it in bursts, mind you, because it's, as good as the gameplay has improved, I will say that it's original handheldish nature of being a PSP game before still sort of shows especially with like all the missions that you get like my god the amount of missions they give you it's insane 
So it's like, it's like, hey, we know you stop. want to do the story, but you really should do all these freaking missions here. It's like, look at yeah. all these hallways. Yeah, it's like the ending of the game, the Shinder troops. They just, they just kept on coming. You're like, it's just never ending. Hey guys, you want to see where all of uh, 14's endgame dungeons got their inspiration? Here you go. Look at all these missions. Look at all these hallways. But I will say definitely a worthy spinoff. Definitely it should be played after like sometime after someone plays a seven remake integrate. Def definitely great game. It'll take it takes some time before going back to it just because that's how just Final Fantasy games are. But I, I will definitely say worth your time. I don't know. This is this is weird because there is some other spinoffs that people talk about. I know people always dog on Dirge of Cerberus, so I would imagine that this game ranks way higher than that one in terms of spinoffs. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's one of the. I will say it's exactly what was said before. It's second best to play in the remake. So if you want to play a very, very damn good modernized uh, Final Fantasy VII take, then you would play the remake. But this game is no slouch either, especially if you want to fill in the blanks once again with the story that you don't know of Zack. Uh, because there's, and I mean, when the, when the remake came out and changed a lot of stuff, uh, you still want to know what's going on. I, I, I think this was a perfect time to release this. I, I think it was a perfect time to say, hey, we're going to update the gameplay and make it far better than what it was before, because uh, we could fix some things here and try to make it work overall better. So I think in terms of the release that I got, which is PC, it's the definitive version of Crisis Core. And uh, it's, it's like what Justin said, playing it in bursts is more fun because those missions off of uh, three star is kicking the holy bejesus out of me, the holy shit out of me. And I, I, I just need time to breathe between some of that fun game, though, overall. Where would I rank it? Yeah, I, I would say, like I said, number two to to remake. That would be your experience, and then you could try everything else out. Maybe, you know, the original, get a little nostalgic, and continue from there. Ender Lucian, what about you? What do you think of this ranking Crisis Core with the seven spinoffs and entries, stuff like that? Okay, so when it comes to Crisis Core and all the other spinoffs, I feel like it would be a number two on the list. Going from a 7 remake to Crisis Core, I assume you'll still have some questions. That's where the uh, either the Final Fantasy 7, the original, comes comes into play, or we have a, what is it, a Rebirth coming out. I, I assume more questions will be answered there. And then there's also Ever Crisis coming out, which should, I think, is the entire compilation of Final Fantasy 7. It's a mobile port, and I'm really excited for that. So, Crisis Core answers a lot of the questions you have after Remake and Rebirth, and then 3 will probably do the same, finish it off really good. All right. So, I think this was a very fun, informative discussion on Crisis Core and 
there's going to be a lot more Final Fantasy discussions down the line. I'm going to try to link the one we did for 7 Remake, and also this one will be up, and then there will be the next one coming out, which is 16. Uh, this is going to be a fun yep. time overall. It's going to be good. That that game is going to be very fucking awesome, and I can't Shit, wait. I for might it. not even be on that one. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> skipping out on that forever, one. Bro. Oh man, but I definitely want to be in that one just because again, I played 14, and my friend who hasn't played 14 was so excited about 16. I'm like, you you literally know that's 14, right? I was like, that's <laughs> literally 14. I still so, haven't played 15 yet I'm, at all. Mr. Good. Yoshida San, how do we design this character? Simple. Uh, I'm just going to put this here. There you go. You just added a scar to our cover art. Your point is, they, yes. Yes, yes. I, we're, we need to have a side chat, Justin. And then this. throw DMC combat in there. Yeah, exactly. Well, about that and 14, pretty much. I've been, I have been playing for years. So. Uh, as soon as I saw that combat, I just nutted. That's all I have to say about Final <laughs> Fantasy 16. <laughs> I, I did with the Ifrit summon, uh, like I always do. Oh yeah, the, the giant kaiju battles as well. I saw that. Yeah, <sighs> I, I just love Ifrit in general. So yeah, that's that's gonna be so good. And and, and Sokin's composing the soundtrack, so you, you know it's gonna be good from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if we do have a little side chat about it before launch or something like that, I will let people know. But awesome. I mean, summer is kind of approaching, so it won't be too long yeah. before it actually drops and we actually start talking about it. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it next June. Yep. So, <laughs> well, not that long, damn. I'll finish it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, we're going to sign off. We're going to do outros where we can find people on social media and then in the podcast. First and foremost, we have uh, Suge. Where can we find you? You guys can find me pretty much anywhere on social media at Sugar Bastion, especially on my YouTube. I'm currently doing Final Fantasy VII, actually, speaking of the uh, <laughs> the topic. And I just finished Last of Us, so that will be put up somewhere at some point this week. But yeah, doing a lot on my YouTube channel right now at Sugar Bastion. Love, what about you? Where can we find you? Um, so for people that play 14, they'll get the reference. It's actually Lemon the Deceiver on Twitch and also on Instagram. Basically, I just you just see me react very animated. Mainly, I've been playing Call of Duty Infected, but also I have been trying to also play 14 as the White Mage and doing my Wondrous Tales there. So that's where you can find me, Lemon the Deceiver. And so for people that play 14 in the main storyline, you'll get the joke. Awesome. Justin, where can we find you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at InfernoDragon3D and on YouTube and Twitch at InfernoDragon343. Enderlution? You can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, Enderlution. Also, I stream, make videos on uh, YouTube and Twitch. I'm right now hyping up re4 remake because i just played the demo and waiting for that to come out that is the last thing that i actually did so when i uh do my outro you will find me on youtube at renegade operative you'll find me on twitch at renegade underscore operative where i have played the re4 demo i might play some more for re4 remake and next week we have a discussion on that in the horror server so be tuned for that we're going to be talking about plenty of leon roundhouse kicks and all that jazz next week until then though we are signing out as the infinite ammo syndicate hopefully you guys really enjoyed this podcast and once again you take care of yourselves later